0: The first this this parsha tells us <clears throat> that when the Yidin are going to go into Eretz Yisroh, he will be prosperous, Then Hashem permits them to eat meat <speaking in Hebrew> according to the desire of their heart. But the Torah tells you that even though you're allowed to eat as much meat as you want, but you have to be chazak, you have to be very strong, and fortify yourself not to eat of the blood, because the blood is the nefesh. So Rashi is going to ask, why does it use this expression of chazak, be strong not to eat the blood? By all the other mitzvahs, the aases or the lois it never uses such an expression of, be strong not to do the severe. Why specifically by the vera of eating blood, does you use this expression of being chazak, implying that there's something in there that needs strengthening? So let's read the Sikh inside. So on the Pasik, just be strong and do not eat the blood because the blood is the Nefesh. So Rashi quotes the first five, uh, five words. It says, and he's Mefarsh. From this set, it says in this Pasik. He says from this that the pasuk says chazak. We learn that they were stufim. Stufim means that they were immersed. Like um, the, literally, the word shatuf comes from the idea of like the tide, like the tide. It's a shatuf, of like something. Uh, and the Gemara uses an expression of sometimes the, the tide would come and and wash away a person's possessions. So shatuf means that there's they're so involved in blood. That it was like a tidal wave. They were completely immersed uh, in this uh, of eating blood. And therefore, since it was like so much part of their culture, the Pasik needs to say Chazak. That's Rabbi Huda's opinion. Rabbi Shimon ben Azai, Rabbi Shimon ben Azei says an opposite approach. He says the, the Pasik does not come except for this reason, to give you a warning, and to teach you to how strong you need to be, and how much you need to fortify yourselves when it comes to being careful with mitzvahs. Because if blood, which is very easy to guard yourself from. Why? Because a person has no desire to eat blood. But nonetheless, the Pasuk says, Chazak, fortify yourself, be careful, be strong, make sure not to be over it. So for sure, Ka'avu Chaim, for all other mitzvahs, how much a person needs to be careful and to abstain and not put himself in a situation where he'd be tested, where he could be nichshah, where he could be over. So from if, down we're saying, don't put yourself in a position and, and, and be careful and be strong. For sure, by all the mitzvahs, you need to do whatever you can not to be chas over so it seems like there are two opposite approaches. we will see. So bapash is moving akushu shibakasif shirash nachas sataritz who chazak He says bapash The question is understood that rash what rash wants to answer. We don't find this expression of chazak by all the any any other mitzvah in the tayr. If you look at R. Three rei Rambankan. The Ramban says this explicitly. He says we, never, we only find the word Chazak when it's talking about all the Mitzvahs. Like when Yeshua is telling the Eden when they're going into Eretz Israel that you have to be strong to fulfill all the Mitzvahs that Hashem has commanded us. But that's all the Mitzvahs. But not by one Mitzvah on its own. We don't find this expression. So why by Balad is that the exception? So back in the penim, therefore Rashi brings these two explanations from the Sifri, Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Shimon Azai, to, um, to explain why we have this uh, this lashon of chazak. But and, and this is very interesting. Actually, the Rebbe is going to hold. This is actually the question of Rashi. Many times we saw in the sichas that the Rebbe gives like this is what the have what the issue of Rashi is. And then we say later on, oh, this was what, what was really bothering Rashi. But in this sikha this, this Taka was the issue of Rashi, and the Rebbe's going to hold on to that, but he's going to ask other questions in Rashi, uh, which will give us a deeper understanding. Am nam tzarek l'haven duber kam eponimen, shakasher Rashi may be based Purushim, ulefish v'kola echa Perushim Purushim, kushi b'havan usak suvim, shv'tur a ha-pirshar vishin. Elash ha-pirshasheni, elash ha so we explain many times. Then Rashi brings two Purushim. It's because the first pshat has an issue, and those issues, those questions that we have in the first pshat, are answered by the second pshat. But he still brings the first pshat as first because that's the better pshat that fits better with the pasuk. But he brings the second one because that has certain minus to it also so the question is what was missing in the first shot that Rashi needs to bring the second shot and of course what's missing in the second shot that Rashi has to bring the first shot and of course we're also going to discuss why is the first shot at the end of the day the better shot that's why it comes first that's the first question base I said plukta the min He says We always in Gemara we never want to say a machloikis is what's called a min tis, Like what actually happened, what was the situation, and especially when we're talking about pshat, to say that there's a machloikis, like what actually occurred, it, it, it is very it, it's something which was very hard for us to say. Uh, so therefore whenever we don't need to say it's a machloikas we won't. But if we hear, the chayyur, it's a machlekes mitzias, and it's not only a machlekes it's like opposite extremes. Why? According to Yehuda, you need to say chazak because they were completely immersed and habituated in eating blood. Meaning is that they were very, very accustomed, very much. They were involved and they enjoyed eating this blood. But Reb Shimon Azai, Al Atzmai, answer, kizik ki kalu Menushe, ainad mesabli. But, but Shimon ben the exact opposite. He says, "Oh, blood, that you don't need anything, because people have no desire for it. It's the easiest mitzvah to do. Why do we need it a call for all the other mitzvahs? So what comes out? Reb Yehuda's saying is, you need to say chazak, because that's like the hardest mitzvah to do. They were and bezimah. It was the hardest one. You need to say chazak." Mishman says, no, it's the opposite. It was the easiest mitzvah to do, and it says, Chazak, really only to teach us about all the other mitzvahs. It's mamash, like, from one extreme to the other. Was it something which is very difficult to do? Were they completely involved, and they enjoyed it, and they had a tie for it? Or is it something that they had no tie for, and they were not immersed in it, because who wants to eat blood? Pasherah Machlikus M'Metzias. Bo'ofen Kizah And this situation was even at the time of the command. Meaning you can't say that Reb Shimon is referring to like a later period in time. Like at the time of the command, the Taka did have a big desire for it. But Reb Shimon was talking about hundreds of years later, you know, in the modern area, in the 21st century, now we don't like eating blood. No, Reb Shimon was talking about at that time. Meaning Moshe Rabbein was talking to the Eden before they came to Gomotar Yisrael. And he's telling them, even though uh, you're going to be able to shecht and eat as much meat as you want, but be careful not to eat the blood. And he's telling them, why am I telling you, you have to, be, care- to ke- be careful to eat the blood? So it's a kabochaim, that even this easy mitzvah that you're about to have when you go into Eretz that should teach you about all the other mitzvahs, how careful you need to be. So he's clearly also talking about uh, Eretz Yisrael too. They're talking about, sorry, pre- present day. Present day meaning is at the time when Moshe Rabbeinu was talking to Bnei Yisroh. So he's clearly saying that they were not and uh, Moshe Rabbeinu did not need to warn them about blood specifically. So Gimel. So this we need to understand. So it's not a question. As you see, the Rabbis doesn't put a question mark or anything, but he wants to understand why does Rashi change the expressions? By Rabbi Yehuda, it says that they were shtufim bedam, they were involved in eating uh, blood. And, but Rabbi Shimon, he should have just said the opposite expression. You know, Rabbi Yehuda holds they were shatut bedam, and Shimon ben Azai holds they weren't shatut bedam. But he changes it, he, says, he uses a different expression, he says, because they had no taiva in blood. Why don't you just say the opposite? They were shatuf? No, they weren't shatuf. Like Why is it saying that they didn't have a taiva? What's the meaning behind that? Dalet. So two p'sukim later, it says that, uh, you know, Hashem tells you the reward. The after he tells you about not eating the blood and all the different types of blood you're not allowed to eat, it says this is an order that will be good for you. So Rashi says like this, what does it mean it's going to be good for you? He says, He says, if He says, go out and learn the great schar for mitzvahs because if bulad, which a person's, is, is disgusted by it. The Moloshan Zen Ma'ashim Bezat Rashi's expression that a person is disgusted by his blood means it's, it's something which is part of the nature of a person, at all times, you know, present generation, future generations. He says, He says, this expression is not like anybody. It's not like Rabbi Yehuda, or like Rabbi Shem Rabbi Yehuda tufim they actually were very involved in eating the blood. They were immersed in blood. So, I mean, obviously they did enjoy it. What? It's not; it's the opposite of being disgusted. Not only were they not disgusted, they were like immersed, soaking in it. Even according to Shem it's not what he said. All the Shem says is a person has no desire for it. He doesn't say that people are disgusted. So Rashi's, Thing the and gives you this kav or who's not going according to court. it's Rashi but literally two psukim later it doesn't seem like it flows it's more like a and Rashi pasuk um, chav gimel he tells us Bihuda and Bshim and and then in pasuk chav hey it tells us the idea that a person's disgusted and it says the that even a blood which a person's disgusted by there's such a great schar for sure for all the other ones that's for sure not like Bihuda because it says that they were it. and even according to Bshim and uh, yeah, fits better with him at least, but still, he doesn't use that expression katsa. should just uses expression of it doesn't have the desire for it. And hey, So we know the Rashi doesn't bring the name uh, of Abal Memra unless it adds explanation. Al-Kalpanam adds explanation to the more advanced student that has a question, and by saying the name, that helps understand what's, uh, gives added explanation to Rashi's beer. So so first of all, what explanation is added by Rashi bringing the names of the Baal members? Furthermore, the source of Rashi is from the Sifri, and the Sifri also brings this vort in the name of Rabbi Gamliel. So the Chayra, Rashi should have said Rabbi Senu Pirshu, or something similar to that, because that would have been Nikla also Gamliel. So it should have said, you know, Rabbi Huda for the first shot, and then he should have said Rabbi Senu Pirshu, which would mean Rabbi Shimon azai and Rabbi Gamliel. Like what meaning is, what the Rabbi is trying to show is that this that it says, Rashi brings down Rabbi Shimon and azai and not Rabbi Gamliel, and not Rabbi Senu Pirshu, that's very meduic. Right? Because it adds explanation. So we need to know What's that adding? Sivbeis. Hinei k'omor pi'vusha shal rashi hume sifri, amnei rashi m'shanakam alashin a sifri, heina i'de yishmat ha heina i'de So rashi comes from the sifri, but rashi adds a few words and also takes out a few words. So by adding and taking away, that gives a very different explanation than the sifri. First of all, Aleph. The sifri isi b'divri rebi Yehuda, shayishtuf him bedam k'ridimat m'dayra'ah. Rashi uh, The Sifri says that according to Yehuda, they were immersed and, and habituated in eating blood before Matantira. Meaning as once they got the command not to have any blood, then they stopped eating blood. Um, but Rashi says that they were that they were still involved in blood. Okay? So why is that a difference? He says, <laughs> These are opposite <absolute> explanations. <laughs> because this story happened 39 years after matan It's right before the going into to Yisrael. So according to the Sefridi, when Moshe Benu is telling this command of Chazak, they were not shot of at that point in time. But according to Rashi's P'shat, they still were being shot of at, at that point of time. So the Ad Rabbim, Rashi M'farsh B'shut HaShemik, or Me'lematik B'dir rebu Huda Gamatebis Gamatebis, Matan Tehira, in Plutus rebu Huda Reb Shem Azim Metzis, he says, if Rashi would have brought those words of the Sifri, of Ka'idah Matan then there would not be a Machlikes, rebu huda Reb Shem a a Machlikes, what occurred at that time of the command? He says, because according to the Sifri, we could say that both of Yehuda and Reb Shimon agree that before Matantara, you know, while they're in Eretz Mitzrayim, um, they they did eat a lot of blood. It was part of the culture of Mitzrayim. Um, I'm going to explain later things from the Mur Nebuchim, it had to do with like a different types of witchcraft, you know, Zara, that a lot of uh, blood was involved in it. So it's very possible that everyone, both of Yehuda and Shimon, agree that the time before matan Torah they were involved in blood. And they both agree that after matan the Yidin, Taka stopped eating blood. And what's the Machaikas? The Machaikas would be very simple. According of Yehuda, he would say, since it's, it wasn't the Yidin at that particular point in time, we're not eating blood, true. But still, it was the cultural in the world. The people were involved in a vaydezar. They're going to go to Eretz Canaan, which we know all the different people that lived in Eretz Canaan did a vaydezar. They still weren't too far from Mitzrayim who were involved in eating blood and all the witchcraft that was involved in, in, that, in that period of time. So the Torah is telling us it's Kazakh, meaning is even though right now, you know, while you're in the Midbar, it's not going to be an issue, but you're going to Eretz Yisrael, we you're going to have all these, you're going to, first of all, being able to eat the Basar taiva. Right? Until that point, the only meat they ate was what they, when they brought a korban to the mishkan. So when they were in the Mishkan, who, who had control of the blood? The Kayanim. So the Kayanim shrits the blood on the Mizbeach. The rest of the blood was uh, thrown away uh, or was uh, used as fertilizer. Uh, the Gemara discusses what the blood was used for. But anyways, it definitely wasn't used for being eaten. But now that the Gong Teir tisra, where each individual shachs of karma will have control of the blood, plus they're living amongst Ayyub De'Vay Dezara, it's very possible that they would get involved again with blood. So if you're just saying... Chazak. M'shim and, and Benazai saying, no, 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 no. They were not shtuf and badam at that period of time, and it's not something which a person naturally wants. First, people don't want to eat blood. So, therefore, there's no reason for him to say chazak. Rather, it's Kali, Shalermanu, and it's really for other bears. So, then at that point, it's not machlik as Everyone's agreeing at that point of time, they were not shatuf. It was just, what was the point of saying chazak? Was it because, according to Yehuda, when they get into straw, they would need that chazak? Or, shouldn't saying, right now its taco it was easy for them. It was very easy. And it's only saying Chazak to teach you how careful you need to be with mitzvahs. That, that even a calm mitzvah, you need to be careful for, for sure, uh, like a, a, a very hard, and you know, a, a mitzvah that has a lot of tem- a temptation for like uh, stealing and a gila of rice and those types of things. So if the Rashi would have brought the sifri that would have answered our second question. But Rashi doesn't. Why not? Bayes, the second difference. Rashi is Marech Rabbi huda Rashi is much longer. He says, from this, that it says in our passage, Chazak, we learn that they were and therefore need to say Chazak. But according to the Sifri, he doesn't say that. He just goes straight into it. He says, Chazak. Why does Rashi have to kind of spell out, you know, the proof in a sense? Gimel. The Sifri says, in the words of Ib that blood, just like blood, which um, you have no mitzvah, which is easier than blood, uh, and nonetheless, the Torah still needs to warn you. He doesn't give a reason why. The Sifri does not explain why blood is such a mitzvah. But Rashi does give the reasoning. Rashi says, Why does Rashi add that? So many of the reasons, you know, we could have said that Rashi maybe had a different girsa. So Rashi was quoting the girsa that he had. But still, he says, He says, Why would Rashi choose a girsa which was not common? And not in the more widespread girsa, which is the girsa that we have. Because this, that the sifri that we have has this girsa, and I don't think we even have, we haven't found any ksisfayyah that had the girsa of Rashi, then it cooks a that the majority of them obviously had the girsa that we have, and therefore that's. What was printed, and that's why the kisviyah that we have are written like that. So, the Rashi's was obviously not a very common one. So, why would Rashi choose the non common gear to the more uh, popular one? And the Rebbe also adds in R12 that in addition to Rashi maybe having different gear also, some of the points that we mentioned, Rashi would have added explanation. For example, um, R 12 he says we well, brought a bunch of differences so some of the differences might have been because Rashi had a different girsa but not he says some of the uh, you know it says that, that they were in the dam. so Rashi asks, what does it mean that they were immersed in blood, it means to eat it the Sifri doesn't explain why they were immersed in blood Rashi explained why. So he's giving an explanation, saying, you know, to eat it. Why, why was it a mitzvah so Rashi? Because an explanation, So some of that might have been explanation. Some of that might have been an actual different girsah that Rashi had. But either way, we need an explanation. Why did Rashi feel he needs to give B'urim on particular points? How does that add to the, our understanding of the Pasik? And why did he choose certain points that might have been a change in Fabir Gimel. So now we're going to get to the explanation. He says Rashi any Matik Badivre Rebuhuda Kirsa Senu B Sifri Shahishtufum Baba Da Matanth So we're first gonna explain the differences between Rashi and the Sifri, which was in Sif Be's question one. He says Rashi does not have use the girsa of the sifri that happened before Matantara. The Mashmu Usa Shin ishtana lachi mathantara. Um kya pizani movin. number harakil's damn terra kamapamapim. He says, according to the Sifri, that they were When should the Torah use this expression of chazak? The first time the isra is mentioned, right? Which I believe is in in, in Sefer Vaikra. So it should have first mentioned the Lachon of Chazak when the first time the Isra of eating blood um, is mentioned, a parsha Mois. And why? Because first of all, it's the closest period of time. It was right next to Matan And B, when were they Sh'tufa medam? We just said, while they are Mitzrayim. So Matan happened a few months later. So at that point of time, when you're giving that command, say, be Chazak. But why would it make sense 40 years later, after they already had the command, only then to give them the warning Chazak? They were shtufa madam, according to the Sifri, when they left Mitzrayim. 40 years later, we said they they weren't shtufa madam. They were not involved in that. So it makes much more sense, according to our of the Sifri, to say, when they left Mitzrayim, chazak, be strong. Why wait 40 years when they didn't really care about it so much and say chazak, because maybe in the future it will be, say right then when they left Mitzrayim, then they were shtufa madam. Say chazak. Don't wait so right before they're going into and say chazak because maybe in the future when you go into Israel, you're going to have this temptation uh, arise once again. Say chazak when it, when it's you know relevant at the moment. So that's a very strong question with the Sifri. Therefore, Rashi, Yopi Pshut the does not want to say that you uh, that it was it was uh, it was koyd that they stood from um, down. So madua netzavu he says, "Why were they commanded to be mezchazik, not to eat Dham Only in Elihad ha'dvarim, which was said at the end of forty years, from when once they left Mitzrayim, and all that generation that actually lived in Mitzrayim died. It should have said chazak the first time the isser is mentioned in va'yikra." So, this answers question one and two in Subbase. The first question was, why is why doesn't it say Khayyat So, that's very poshit. Because if it was Khayyat Matantara, it should have said Khazak when it is first mentioned right after Matantara. And the second question is why is Rashi being Marek and the Because Rashi has to prove what he's saying. He's saying the reasoning why I hold that they were still shtuf and bedam, even in that period of time, is because it only says chazak now, 39 years later, um, you know, the 40 years after left Mitzrayim. If they stopped being shtuf and bedam when they left, but when, by Matin tyra then it should have said chazak then. Elamai, they're still shtuf and bedam. And therefore, it, it, when it says chazak, it's relevant to say chazak at that moment also. Right, well, you could have said it then, when they left Mitzrayim, they were chazak; they were involved in it. Also, now they're they're, they're involved in it. Meaning is it's also for some future period of time. Um, you know, again, the main issue that Rashi had with the Sifri is why say chazak? Because in the future you might have issues with blood. Say chazak when they left Mitzrayim; they, they they had an issue right then and there. So is explaining is that they still had this issue even before they went into Eretz Yisrael. Of course, we need to a- answer a question: is that oibazoi? what's the mile of saying Chazak now before they went into Eretz Yisrael when they could have just said it even according to Rashi like what's the mile they were involved in it then they're still involved in it now so might as well have mentioned Chazak the first time so that the Rebbe, Rebbe doesn't discuss but I, I think the is because as, as I mentioned before when they were in the Midboard they were not allowed to bring they were not allowed to shaft their own um, uh, shaft their own animals so the only animals that were shafted was in the in the Mishka Right, so therefore they did not have as much, um, I think, accessibility pashat the blood because the koinim were in control of the blood. So for them to get the blood, they I don't know they either had to sh- like hide and sneak and check the animals themselves, or they have to like buy it from uh, so you know from uh, some merchants from uh, you know from Eretz Canaan or any of the other places that there might have been some merchants. So in order for them to get the blood, it, it would have been wouldn't have been such a so 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 easily accessible. So it makes sense that when. You know, by the mitzrayim, it didn't need to say chazak because it wasn't as much as it, they just had to be notified. You know, you're not allowed to do this. This is an israel, you can't do it. You end it. But once they're going about to go into strong, they had pasr timer They had that accessibility. Then it had to say chazak because they're still shtuvim. They still were shtuvim bezima, and then they would have you know, the capabilities uh, to do it on a much widespread scale. So that answers question two. Um, Okay, so mekalmakim. So mekalmakim im So, metzias v'lo So now we're going to answer. In Sif Alif, we had the question: base was Did they love eating blood and involved in it, or were they not? So he says it's not a machloikus Why? You say it says it could be that a person taka does not have a TIE for something, and not only that, he could really be disgusted by something that he does. But nonetheless, he still does it because there could be some type of sugula. Um, he quotes from uh, he quotes from the Ramban that they, it was like um, it was believed in that period of time by the either, either they desire that by eating blood they used it for different types of witchcraft. Um, or or it could have been used uh, for fua, like different types of uh, you could be you can eat a disgusting medicine because it, it's healthy for you, it could be medicinal, or just because you're accustomed to it. Uh Knir that there are many different reasons why a person will do something which is disgusting um, because you know because he's wrong or whatever it is. So there's a minida dhamba so it's very possible both of Yehuda and Shimon agree that they did not have a taiva, and it could have been that they both agreed that they were disgusted by it. But nonetheless, Rabbi Yehuda is saying that they were disgusted, but they still did it because they were stupid. They were stupid. It was part of their culture for the different reasons we mentioned. While Shimon holds that we'll see what Shimon holds in a second. Either Shimon could hold. That they were not shtufim in it. Or you could all, even if they were shtufim in it, but they still didn't have a taiva, therefore it was not. it's not something that you need to say chazak, but we'll see that in a moment. The point is though, we answer question Bayes that it's not a machalikus mimitzius. Both of them would agree that there was not a taiva, and it was just a question of how shtufim, and everyone would agree that they also were shtufim in it. Right? Everyone would agree that they had no taiva. Everyone agrees that they were shtufim in it definitely before they got the command. Uh, 40 years earlier. The question now is were they still Shtufim at the time uh, when this command was given? According to Yehuda, they still were Shtufim in it, and therefore they need to get Kazakh. According to Shimon, they were not still Shtufim in it, and therefore, since there's no Taiva, and they're Katzimaham, and, um, and they, they were not Shtufim, therefore, obviously, it was just really a warning to teach you. How chazak you need to be even by mitzvah kol and kosh came for a stricter mitzvah. So that answers questions two, and also question four in sif aleph, uh, because we, we asked <laughs> the Khir to steer in Rashi. That Rashi first said Rabbi Shehuda and Rabbi Shimon, and then in pasuk chafei it tells us that the man Yitav lach that you that you get a reward. And Rashi tells us, oh, if you get a reward for such an ease for something which a person's katz him for sure for things that you know a person desires like stealing and Gili Arias for sure you get a great reward. So that fits according to everybody, because even Rabbi Yehuda agrees that they might have been kotzeh, that they were kotzeh, they were disgusted by blood. So the passage is telling us that even blood, that you're naturally very disgusted by it, you hold, and you don't want to do it. You might be doing it because it's part of the culture, but naturally, if you tell them like, oh, you don't need to do this disgusting thing anymore, and not, if you stop doing this disgusting thing, you'll get a great reward. Like, overjoyed, like wow, I don't eat this disgusting blood. I could just go to the Navi and ask him what the future is going to be. Oh, fantastic! I hated eating that blood. So, everyone could agree to that idea that they're disgusted, and for sure, it's that you actually don't want to give up. So, blood they would be willing more willing to give up than other things like Elya rice and that type of stuff. So, that could fit. So, it's not a steroid in Rashi because everyone could agree to it. But this is a Yahudzib shot. so why did it say down? Because they t- still were. You know, involved uh, in eating blood. Why, why why is this not the? What were the issues with this trap? First of all, so the first question is, since they were Madam, uh it should have said chazak by the first time it was mentioned in Sefer Yevikra. He says, the should have been right next to Matan because that's the first time that they were warned about it, and also they were right next to Mitzrayim, so that the Chayyus, they still would have been probably more involved in it at that point, not only at the end of forty years. Uh, he says our star, that this is not a, a total question. It's not such a, it's not a question of upshlugs of because we find many mitzvahs that sometimes the details, or sometimes even the mitzvah itself is only first mentioned in Eilat So it could be that it could, maybe could have been said that, meaning as it was maybe like a Torah could have been been said earlier, but when is it actually written in the Torah? It was written only by Eilat HaDvar. Um, and we, as Rebbe says, we find this by other mitzvahs. And, and maybe, this is my own vart, as I, as I said earlier, why would it have been clearly stated in the Torah Chazak only at the end of the 40 years? Uh, because maybe then, as I said, it would have been more relevant to them. Because during the 40 years, they didn't have that much access to blood. Because the kingdom had the access. When they're going to go into to Strong. they had their own access. Therefore, the Torah is going to say explicitly Chazak at that period of time. But maybe Chazak was actually, Taka said then earlier too, but it's written in the Torah with this reason. Anyway, that's, that's one question still. You know, you should have mentioned Chazak. For all the reasons I'm giving, I should have said Taka Chazak the first time you're saying it, if it was a real issue. Be'ez ikr. This is the main issue. The main question is since they were warned so many times about eating blood during those 40 years, it doesn't make sense at all that during the 40 years, um, it did not help at all these warnings and they still were 40 years later, they're still gonna be, It's still gonna be so much of their culture and Moshe Rebino and all these warnings had no effect on them, um, seems, seems very hard to say. And, um, right, I think the Rebbe is also trying to say, like, didn't help at all, and they're still Stufa Medam, is because remember, according to Rashi, he has to still explain why it was said at the end of 40 years and not at the beginning. Because if you're saying it was, it was just as strong at the beginning and at the end, then you could say the Vartai ex- said earlier. But if the taqa was stronger at the beginning of the 40 years, and it got weaker at the end of the 40 years, even if they were still shtufim, but it was weaker. You know, let's say it was 100% involvement before the command, and 40 years later, they're at 75%. So even if that might still be considered shtufim, but it's still weaker. So if it's weaker, why don't you say it at the beginning? Why wait 40 years? That's why I think the Rebbe's stressing, klal, shtufim, that, that it's still, like, like, it doesn't make sense. Say it at the beginning. I think that's the main issue the is having because it definitely had some type of effect, so why wait with Chazak? It was weaker at that point. And this is, I think, further emphasizing this point, is at the end of the 40 years, the people who actually lived in the Mitzrayim and were eating the blood and grew up with the blood, died. So it was only their kids that didn't have access to the blood, because again, the koinim had access to the blood, they are the ones that are getting this warning, after and especially after Hashem gave so many warnings about it. Hard to say. So therefore, at the end of the forty years, they would should not either have they would not have been shetufim at all, or al kal You should say they were definitely not as involved as before Matan tayrah So then, like the whole question the Rashi had in the Zipri really applies to still applies to Yudah. Why does it say hazak now and not forty years earlier? Uh, Therefore, Reb Shimon is holding that they were not sh'tufim at that point of time. The Rebbe is again focusing his oz; they were not sh'tufim oz. The Rebbe is trying to show it's not on meaning as there was a point of time, everyone agrees that they were sh'tufim adam. He's just saying that at that point, at the end of forty years, either a) they were not sh'tufim adam at all. Or at least they were less than they were at the beginning of the 40 years. So Moshe wouldn't have said Chazak for that reason because they were Sh'tuchim. It just doesn't make sense. Rather, the Pasuk is only teaching you how careful you need to be and how strong you need to be with mitzvahs. Even though a person does not desire blood, blood. The last of Torah has to give you a Chazak to be careful with it, and you need to be strengthening yourself to be careful with it. So a for all the other mitzvahs. So now we're going to... And Rashi adds the words, he gives an explanation in the words of Shem I meaning he adds to the sifri that what's the reason why it's a Kali menu. So Rashi explains because a person has no taiva. So we, it said in, in Sif Aleph question, Gimo was... Why doesn't Rashi use the same expression by Rib Shimon as he does by Bihudah that they were Stufim or not Stufim? According to Bishuda, they were still Stufim. And according to Bishim, they were not Stufim at that point of time. Alright? So that was one question. And then we also asked in Sivbe's question in Gimel, um yeah, question in Gimel in Sivbez, why does Rashi add these words to the Sifri? Why does he feel he has to give this explanation? So the basic answer that the rebel is going to give now is because Rashi's is trying to show how this is not a machloikism mitzius between a Bihuda and So Shimon. So if he would have said if it's shataf or not of, it's basically just a machloikism mitzius. According to Behuda, he's saying, oh, they were very involved in it. Reb Shimin's saying, no, they weren't very involved in it. By saying that it's an Indian of Taiva, it could be that Reb Shimon would agree that they could have still have some they, some people, are at, at a certain percentage, people still were of in it. You know, was not 100%? It was 50% or 75%. But that's not the point. The point what Rashimin's arguing on is, is because they don't have a time for it. So why would Moshe Rabbeinu say chazak at the end of 40 years and not at the beginning? It's not because they're still shotif, because they were not shotif at that point as much as they were originally. Rather, why would Moshe Rabbeinu set chazak by this mitzvah? Is to teach you that even though a person has no taiva, therefore it's so easy not to do this thing. It's like the bishmak. You get your, uh, you know, your fortune telling by just asking the Navi instead of eating this disgusting blood. It's so easy to hold yourself back and you get such a great reward. For sure, a person will want to do it. And it still tells you chazak. It teaches you a big lesson. So that's what Shimon wants to say. So first of all, Alf he says, "Mikaveh," which is that kali shamer menu. Who the fishy ain't And if you say move it. Shechanech shechanein higher. Gavas mat by Since this, the reason why it's kali shamer because a person has no tayva. This means this is a natural tendency of a person. So it's understood that even at the time of the command uh, by Moshe Rabbeinu, that was still relevant. It wasn't. It's not a machloekis of Yehuda or Shimon. Did they have a taiva or did not have a taiva? Everyone agrees, agrees that they had no taiva. So it's not a machlikist. Is there a taiva? Maybe in the future they then they did have a taiva, in the future they won't have a taiva. No, everybody agrees to what Rashiman is saying. It's not a machlaikas. So Yehuda agrees that they had no taiva. Machlakis only is really, uh, as we said, how much uh, according to Yehuda, they were still shtufim Bizima, and therefore they need to have this kazakh. According to Rashiman, he says, nah, their shtufim was weaker. Rather it was because um, as we said the, that ka that we are trying to learn from it and bezhai namar Kali The reason why the Rachi has to say it's because they have no taiva, because he doesn't want you to make a mistake. Because as actually some of Shim as the reverends are, are alert, that the reasoning why Rashima ibn said it's Kalhi is not because it's not only because they have no taiva. It's more than that. It's because they're disgusted by it. So Rashi wants to say it's not because it's not dafka because they're disgusted by blood. That's why it's easy. It's because, it's it's even it's less than that. It's even if you don't have a timer for something, it's easier. Well, why does Rashi feel he has to emphasize that? he says even though. If you would have brought the Rabb Shimon, it would not have made it the machlakis, as we mentioned, because even Rabbi Yehuda agrees that they would have been katza, but nonetheless, it still makes a certain amount of distance between the two opinions. That Rabbi Yehuda is saying that they were involved in it, and Rabb Shimon is saying, that nah, that's something they're disgusted. They're disgusted in. So it, Which implying is that they didn't do it at all. Rather, it, it's making the machlakis easier, that they just didn't have a timer for it. So said they don't have a taiva for it, but they did it for, you know, other reasons. While well, Rav is saying is they have no taiva, and they really were commanded not to do it for so many years. You know, it's probably for another reason that says chazak. But, but The main reason why Rashi doesn't want to say that the reasoning of Rav Shimon, that it's a mitzvah that it's because they were disgusted, because it's just not true. It's because it's meaning to say that it's, only, it's dafka because you're disgusted by something. That makes it easy to stay away from. But if you just don't have no taiva, then it's very hard to stay away from things that you you know are neutral to. That's not true. This is just not true. If, if, if you're neutral to something and then you get a command not to do it, and you're told also that you got a big reward for not doing it, then it's also very easy to guard from. And that's really Rup Shimon's point. The point of Ribshim is not to say that if you're disgusted by something and you get a, a command not to do it, then you're then it's easy to, to to fulfill. That's not true. I mean, that's for sure true. But it's even true that if you're neutral to something and you get a command not to do it and you're told you're gonna to get a reward, that's also very easy to do. And that's the point of Ribshim, and that any things that are, even which are Kali shomer because you're neutral to it and you get a reward. And you have to be chazak and for sure things um, that you're not neutral to and you actually have a real timer before. for it, for sure you need to be careful from. it. Amna. <laughs> Ein Rashi mis in Pirshel, vadoi, v'oizos, meviyu, kepirsh v'shene, kamen, Rashi is not satisfied with this trap, only the, meaning the second shot of Reb Shemen, And more than that, he brings it to the second. Why? He says it just doesn't—it doesn't fit with the pesukim. Well, he's going to explain much more detail. He says it says Khazak not to eat the blood, so you might not have to learn it. It says like be very—you're allowed to eat as much Tiger as you want, but be careful not to eat the blood. So, so why does it say not to be careful to eat the blood? Who's going to want to eat the blood anyway? So you're saying, oh, you're right. But the point is, be careful not to eat the blood, and for sure you should be careful not to do anything else wrong that you actually have a tie for. He says that's not the mashmois of the psukim. So Pshuta Shamika reading the Hemshech of the psukim, you know, it, it seems like the chizuk with, is within blood. As we, let's read it inside. It says, This parash is coming to be the Basr tie, meaning basr that you're eating because you want to eat it. Um, which was also until that point, because until that point they could only eat pasta that they brought uh, as a korban. Because you you have a desire to eat the meat, and um, according to all the desire of your of your soul, you should eat the meat. The soul, you should eat it in your gate according to the desire of your soul. So it's all talking about eating things. As you, you should enjoy eating this type of meat. Then it says, but be careful not to eat the blood. What is a mashma? It's mashma, its implication is, it's still talking about the Taiva. You have such a Taiva to eat meat. And it's telling you, but be careful not to eat the blood. Meaning is that you also had a Taiva to eat the blood. And it says, just be careful not to do it. That's, you know, if a person doesn't know, didn't read Rashi, just reading the English translation, of the psukim, and it's talking about now you're allowed to eat as much meat as you want, just be careful not to eat the blood. I mean, very, very careful not to eat the blood. The implication is that, you know, it says chazak. It says strengthen yourself, like have that extra integrity and that extra determination not to eat it. It's mash for that, for whatever reason it is, um, there was some type of reason why they want to eat the blood. I don't know. It could be because of sagula. Maybe it's just because it's very hard to get the blood out of the meat. But whatever the reason you're going to give, it's, it's because there's an issue with the blood itself, not because of something else. Therefore, this also gives an added explanation why Rashi has that erichus in the Lashin, Sif question too. Why does Rashi say because he's, again, he's trying to explain from this that it says over here, in this parsha that's talking about Basr Taiva, that further proves that it's an issue with the dam itself because it says it over here. But meaning not just over here because it's the end of the 40 years uh, and not at the beginning by Maqam But also it's said over here in the Parsha that's stockum about basur things that a person wants to do and it tells you but be careful not to eat this an implication is that that's something that they would have wanted that they had they needed extra strength not to eat. <speaking in Hebrew> but according to ben Azai, that a person has no desire to eat blood, it's really coming to teach you about if even by blood you're careful for sure all these other things, then the 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 way how it's written about eating blood rack Right again this is very important the word rock rock is always excluding something rock as opposed to what we said you know not pose as that even though what we said until this point that you are allowed to eat whatever you desire but rock but just be careful that even though you have a big desire don't eat this blood any must so it's not it doesn't really fit so well with the psokom therefore ultimately it's the second shot so Rabbi Yehuda's shot fits better if you're just reading the psalm straight, Rabbi Yehuda fits very well. Especially if you don't know any history, you haven't met in, met in other parts of the Chumash, beautifully, it beautifully fits. But Rabbi Shimon fits better, as we're going to say, more with the toichen, more with the um, the general concepts that are spoken about, that if you already know that they were worn 40 years earlier or not to eat the blood, and they're worn as stufen like, logically, they were not as involved in dam at that point as they were 40 years ago, why give them uh, as of blot? So, Reb Shimon fits better according to logic, like, if, if you think of the full picture, it fits better, but if you're reading the actual P'sukim itself, if you're reading, you know, if you want to just read the words itself, Rebbe fits a lot better. So, Rebbe fits better according to the words, just reading the parsha through, fits beautifully into the words, while the Rapshiman fits better maybe into the general um, logic of 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 this command of blood. Uh, so therefore Rashi things are good the first, the Mila, because that's the Mashmoy the Pasukim. And the question really is only the meaning is how can you say that they were still Shufmidam? That's what the issue is. Because the, right? the Bashmoy says that they were shtufim, therefore you're giving chazah, but it doesn't make sense. Why would they be shtufim? So it's a question on the pshat. So the meaning is, Rabbi Huda fits well, beautifully according to the, uh, the, the psukim itself. But we can ask a question, like the pshat of the psukim doesn't make sense. If you read it simply, like it's weird. Like why were they shtufim? Adam? So if you read it, that's what makes sense. Shtufim, adam, that's what I would think. But then I can ask the question, why were they shtufim at that point? And then I got to come up with an explanation, why were they still shtufim? And that's hard to understand, and therefore that's the Milo Rib Hey, I'm the the now we're going to go back to question, uh, Sip of question five, that Rashi only brings the bal the HaMemra, if it's adding explanation. So he says like a, a sharp Talmud would have a, would be mayor, would, would, um, would say that, ask this question. He says, why does Mar say this pshat? And the other opinion says the other one. Why is one forced pshat better than the other force pshat? Meaning they both are forced pshat. One doesn't fit logically. The other doesn't fit according to what the Pasukim are actually saying. So why does each one pick his, one, his pshat? So Rashi brings the name of the Baal Memer, because that shows you that this is actually their way of reading, they have a certain way of reading Pesukim, that they have certain rules of how you're supposed to translate a in Tyra. So you see that the way that they're translating over here fits according to the rule that they've already shown many times in the Tyra. So Rabbi Yudin would say, the reason I'm reading it this way, because this is the rule of how you're supposed to read these types of Pesukim. Rabbi Shimon ben says, the reason I'm reading it this way is because, as we have in other places in the Torah, in these types of situations, this is the way how you're supposed to read um, the psukim. And that actually will add explanation and more Havana in what they're saying to make it uh, somewhat less of a deichik t'pshav, actually. The Behuda Mitzino B'mash Kasev, Le'iseichu Kol Nevei ger Kol the Rabbi Huda Mitzinu, says in the pasik uh, you're not allowed to eat any uh, nevela. So what should you do with the nevela? You should give it to the ger which is in your gate, and he can eat it, or you should sell it to the guy. He holds that you read the psukim as it's written, meaning as you give the legir ben nasinu la Rachi veMekhirah. He says, you give it to the gear. What does it say? You give it to the ger ben because that's what it says, you give it to the gear. And it says, by the goy, that you sell it to him. And he disagrees with Romer that reads the Pasuk in a way that says, it means you, you sell it or give it to the gear or to the Nachri. Meaning as he's reading it, according to just a simple um, reading of the Pasuk. He says, therefore, when it comes to our Pasuk, and you have two ways of learning it, you can learn that it's coming to teach you about other mitzvahs, or it's talking about the blood itself according to the simple reading of the Pesukim. So he's going to explain it, the words of the Pesukim as it's written. That's teaching. us about blood, that you need to be very strong uh, about uh, the, and be careful about the Isser of blood because they were very immersed within it. Therefore, Rashi's ma'arich proves that this must be shot He says, from this that the psukim are written, this you learn, that you must say the p'shat is chazak, that they still wore shtufim. Um, they still had a certain amount of involvement, and therefore he still needs to tell them Chazak. That's why Rashi adds that because it's using even the shyness of Rabbi huda The Rabbi huda says you go after the the way how it's written. So he says from Ashenema, from this is how the Pesukim are written. This is what we learn that they obviously him. him uh, A point to be brought out is that he, the Rebbe brings a question mark by the words Rashi. Possibly the reason why he puts a, a question about Rashi, because we mentioned earlier that Rashi might have had a different girsa in the Sifri. So it's either Rashi's um, just quoting the Sifri and it's not really Rashi, um, or Rashi's giving an explanation, so he's literally adding these words to explain the Sifri and how it fits with Pshidisha Mikra. <laughs> We find by Shimon that he is Mazarus, He gives you he, he gives you strength and he encourages you to fulfill even the easy mitzvahs. As it says uh, in the Mishnah Pirkey Yavis, you should run the mitzvah kala. What's pshat la It means not only to a mitzvah kala, but also to a mitzvah kala, right? Meaning, is, according to the Alta Rebbe's girsah, he says, is to run the mitzvah kala k'bechamur. run to mitzvakala mitzvah kala just like a strict one. Meaning, you're supposed to run to every mitzvah, a kala, and you should do the kala just as much as you do bechamurah. And even according to the other gear that don't have kevachamurah, when it says, Habi rots the mitzvah kala, it means, you know, for mitzvah kala, and of course, also to a Mitzvah Hamura, because as the reasoning that the Mishnah continues, Shemitzvah, Gveris Mitzvah, one mitzvah uh, takes you to uh, another mitzvah. min avera, avera, that you should run away from an avera, and also, there the reasoning is, because an avera uh, draws you to another avera. So we see that Shitas Shittah bin Aza is to be very careful about even a mitzvah, or avera kalis and b'ez ki kimitzvacha maybe lakim sharmitz is gam chamursei sir b'ed l'chisba vera he says by fulfilling a mitzvah kala, that actually brings you to other mitzvahs and mitzvos chamuris, um even to chamursei sir and also by a vera by being nikhshal in a mitzva vera that you'll be nichshal in a vera which is hamura so the Rebbe is trying to point out two things over here. The, he puts it as Aleph and Beis. The first point that he's trying to prove is that B'Shimah and Azai holds there is an inyan to be careful of a mitzvah kala. And then point B is, he's trying to point out that by being careful with a mitzvah kala, that actually is not just an inyan for itself, but it's also something which is relevant to other mitzvahs. That by doing one mitzvah, that will bring you to the second mitzvah. So we find these two points, Aleph, he says, first of all, even a mitzvah which is like eating blood, you have to be chazak, as he said in Pirkei that every mitzvah, even an easy mitzvah, you have to run to mitzvah kala, run away from him, run away, flee from a Navera. So point A that he's trying to show is that it's not such a I think, this is important, that I think the Rebbe is adding another nukudi here, because part of our issue with Reb Shimon, the doichik with Reb Shimon, was that why would he say chazak by blood if it's really just a kal for other mitzvahs? So I think the Rebbe is trying to show that even by a mitzvah mitzvah or a veir kala, Reb Shimon holds you to say chazak. It's not just, oh, it's a kal for everything else. That might be a second point. But point A is you have to be rot the mitzvah kala. You have to be by reyach min aver. It's an inyan b'fnei especially according to the Alta Rebbe's girsa, where it's mitzvah kalla That's mamish like an inyan b'fnei The second girsa is a little less mashwa that way because it says like you run away from a mitzvah kala. It seems like the reasoning is you should run away from a mitzvah or aver kala, because it brings you to the next thing, which is more chamur. Um, right. So according to that reasoning. Um, if you, you have to run away from a, a vera kala because it brings you to a run, so of course you have to run away from a because that'll bring you even to a more chamor ticker one, right? But the point is, there's an issue of running away from an avera kala itself. And then Beiz, la oh, so oibazoi also by blood. When it says rak chazak the adam, it's taka blood. He says you have to be super careful not to eat blood. Why? Why would you say with blood it's such an easy one? Because a mitzvah kala you have to be very, or a vera kala you have to run away from. You have to be extremely careful. Mitzad itself. That's the chiddush that the Torah wants to tell you. And be'ez is that la'hazhukh v'lan d'charkam at tzorich l'schaz of Kal l'shar That it's warning you and teaching you how careful you need to be to strengthen yourself with mitzvahs. And a kal for other mitzvahs. Kenem arkan hi'chizak l'me'ashhar Because what's said over here is also a khizik for other mitzvahs. Right, by, by telling you chazak by blood, for sure you have to be chazak by everything else. So dugmas have a mitzvah Veres mitzvah, Shar mitzvah min and Just like when you run away from a, um, sorry, run away, when you want to do a mitzvah kala, that'll bring you to another one. Similarly, when you run away from an avera, that will bring you, and may make you even more distant than the other avera. So these two points that we see fit with rib Shimon, that he, he holds a very strong concept of running away from small aver. So I said so why would the Torah say it by dan? Because the truth is that is really it's not such a du'ichek according to him. According to him, yeah, by a mitzvah by kala you have to be super careful from. And B, from this side it says that by a by kala that teaches you as a kalbachimer uh for every other one. So on the contrary, maybe you can say according to him, it makes more sense to say it by blood. Because if you said it by Khwais, by Gila or Rice, you think, oh, only by gila or rice you need to have chazak. Not by achilas dam, but by seeing, saying it by achilas dam, then we know achilas dam, and then we know it's of kamal and everything else. But so, so saying by this mitzvah actually fits. It, it, you know, is it, the best, is the best way. Again, obviously, this is not. You know, the, the reason why it's still brought as the second shot according to Rashi is because it's not traditional mikra mamish. Because from the shmois haloshin, as we said, whole is there's a strong taiva to eat it, but but be careful not to eat the blood, as mashmal there is a tava. Which is not like Rav Shimon's um say. Vav. to Shita La So for here we see that Ravshima Shita is to to so Dvarm is to run even to Mitzvakala and to flee from an Avera lay sphere like but this, how do we know that they don't hold of each other's far? Maybe Behuda be also holds that there's such a concept of running away from a an Averakala. And Ribbshimanaze holds, you know what, you're supposed to read the Dvarn Kaksavan. Right? So we know that they each hold of their own shita. but how do we know that they don't hold of the other one's shita? So the question is still there. If you hold, you know, technically if they held that both ideas are true then why did you choose one point and not the other? So Elamai, we must say that Yehuda only holds a Dvar and while the second idea, uh, he does not hold up, or at least holds up as a, a, a lesser degree. I mean, even if holds, you have to run away from a, a, a Verakala, but it's not to the same degree as we'll see what that means by the not the same degree. Rabir, Shad zay. Isa Besleif Masachas brachis. So the story happens, ben tells us, that one time I went after Rabbi Akiva to the uh, bathrooms. And I learned from him three things. And you learned three different things on how to conduct yourself in in, in a washroom. Uh, so Yehuda says you have such chutzpah that you follow your Rebbe into the bathroom and you see how he, uh, does his um, he, he he goes to the bathroom. So he says, "Siravad," as he says, "It's Torah, and I need to learn it." So even though talking might have been a disgusting thing, and what would have been a chutzpah to watch him, But nonetheless, I, I have such a great desire for Torah. I need to know the halachas of how you're supposed to conduct yourself in the basic saying So the lachar my pligi. Rabbi Yehuda says that the act of tarrying he v'zarach l'leim dai har karagah b'limon ha'tair. I love the shahal lacha the base of medrash. Zehu sh'omer lo v'shun At Kan atkan ha'zas panachah machnashay lo base medrash. Right, Rabbi Yehuda holds that if he also holds this idea, technically it's tarrying. You need to learn tarrying. Rabbi Yehuda's in the hold of that. Of course, he holds of it. But there's another issue. There's another issue of having the proper respect for your rabbi. So, which one's more important? So he's telling him, you could have just asked. You, you want to learn Tyra, of course. Ask your Rebbe what the halachas are about going to the ba- uh, bathroom, and he would have told you there in the, uh, uh, what the halachas are. You don't need to follow him in there. So you need to have a certain comment. So, <laughs> but Reb Shimonazay stresses the idea of running, even for mitzvakala. So it's also on the same thing by, by by Bir Ha'lacha. When it's possible, he does, to clarify what the Ha'lacha is, it's not enough just, you know, learning theoretically what the Ha'lachas would be, talking about it in a base of Medrash. He Ma'isa, he wants to see what is actually done, you know, in the field. Asher Ma'isa this is a Ma'isa and we know the great mail of a Ma'isa that's discussed many places in the Gemara about the how when you see what a Ma'isa is, first of all, the is always like the Ma'isa Second of all, it says when you see a Ma'isa it's it's nechkaq, it's engraved within you in a much stronger way than just listening. He says, this is similar to Amayim Chazal, that you don't learn halachad loymipi means that you're learning sugya in the base mandrash. And at the end of the it always says, oh, "It seems like it's this is what the halacha would be." So it's, it wasn't actual; it wasn't a case that came in front of him. It was just from the discussion that's going on the basis of Medjish, A certain lacha came up. You're not allowed of passmit about that because, at that point of time, since it's not negin halacha ma'isa, it's very possible the Rebbe didn't look at it in every possible scenario. But when it comes to lacha ma'isa, when it's actually relevant, you look at it in a much deeper and much more thorough way. And also, you can't learn me ma'isa from a story. What does that mean? That a story which is relevant, obviously, a story which is relevant to whatever the halacha is, but even though you saw a story what happened, there's a possibility that you could not understand properly what the reasoning of that particular case. So you saw a case happen, the Rabbi gave a Psaqdin. But you might, if you don't know what the reasoning is, you might make a mistake. Therefore, you're not allowed paskin by the mice, even by mice raf unless they tell you this is Allah halakh al meaning is that you have a complete clarity, halakh al-Maisa, what the story is. So going back to Ben Azai, Ben Azai wasn't, it was very clear what the halakh al was, because in the Gemara earlier, Rabbi Akiva actually taught these three halakhas. He says when, I, he Rabbi Akiva says, I followed my Rabbi um, into the bathroom, and I learned these three halakhas from him. And then Ben Azai says, I followed Rabbi Akiva and saw these halakhas from him. Meaning is he already knew what, it was very clear to him, what he was looking for. He wanted to see that these three halakhas that Rabbi Akiva uh, saw and he taught, was that actually being um, followed by And I guess exactly how was it followed by He wants to see the details, to make a certain clarity. So this was a ma'isirav which w- was very clear what the situation, when therefore he would have been able to pass it. So for Ben Aziz, wasn't happy enough just asking for the lachas or hearing it initially from Rabbi Akiva. He wanted to have that clarity of ma'isirav. Therefore, you follow it in. So, what do we see? That, that obviously Rabbi Kiva also holds the idea of ruts the mitzvah Kala, but he doesn't hold about it to the same degree as, 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 as Rabbi Shum ben Azeh. Rabbi Shum ben Azeh says, You're even running to the bathroom to learn these alakas in a better way. Rabbi just says, No, you don't do, you don't have to ruts, you don't run in certain ways when you have other options. So, Rabbi Shum ben Azai, always the top option is running. Having that energy to find out what the lock is to do the mitzvah, while Rabbi Yehuda also had other um, that that wasn't necessarily the top consideration. In this situation, we saw the top consideration is not to have this halzus So in the story regarding to us, it's you know when it's dwarvuk ksavin or having mitzvah mitzakal, Rabbi Yehuda will hold dwarvuk ksavin. So that to the the Chedusha asks the question. The Marsha asks the question. Um, he says, "Why did he have to have such a Azuz panin, Why he just ask his Rabbi what the Allah was?" So, so he nishama taritz the late asket medaiti b'hanimilu diesu b'hu chash israeli shalei lehem tarik ve'lemon chuleg the kavahani lede mashish lemenu. So Marsha answers the reason why he didn't just ask it his Rabbi, kind of how the Reb the Rabbi already kind of. <laughs> the Rebbe was using the Ma'asho when he explained Shittas Rabbi Yehuda what, what his issue was. But the mashah is asking Ma'am Shaila. like, the Yehuda's question is so strong, why talk? him? didn't he just ask his Rebbe. So the mashah answers, the reasoning is uh, because he was scared that there was a Shash isr, to ask him these types of Allahs of how you're supposed to conduct yourself when you're in the toilet doing different things. Therefore since he felt he wasn't allowed to ask these questions, therefore he had to follow him in. But La'ezachisi Lahav, Lahavin, the Rebbe says, I was not zarikh to understand this Shashat, he says, this he could have meaning is I guess he was scared to ask these questions because he felt it was not respectful to ask his Rebbe, especially publicly, so maybe even privately, to ask his Rebbe. So he preferred just to spy on his Rebbe, then I guess the Rebbe wouldn't have that type of uh, it wouldn't have been that embarrassing. I'm not exactly sure why it's better to ask, to look than to ask, but there's, I guess there was a certain not being comfortable... To, meaning as I guess asking would have been wrong and therefore he felt his Rebbe wouldn't ask. it. Like, you know not allowed to ask these types of things and therefore he, he, he couldn't ask it. But he had such a great desire to know he snuck in to see it anyway. And maybe even that wasn't the best thing to do as Rebbe Yehuda says. But he had such a great desire he snuck in anyways to see because he needed to know what the halakha was. Which we find that's like a, a general idea but Ban said He said he didn't... He, he didn't he, some he didn't get married, some hold he did get married, got divorced, why? Because it's such a great desire, even though it's a mitzvah to get married, but he has such a desire, he learned it. There's a story of the rabbit shavva that when he was in Avelis, he was learning Taira. So they asked him, how could you learn Taira?" He says, because he has such a strong desire, he Pashit, uh, couldn't, couldn't uh, hold himself back. Uh, therefore, I mean, any halachas is about that in certain scenarios like that, it's actually mutter to learn halakh if it causes you literal pain. So anyways, he felt he couldn't ask his rebbe would an answer, but he had. But he went to look anyways, because he had this great desire to know. So the rebbe says, "I don't understand why couldn't just ask his rebbe. Is there anything that I should know about the lachas, about the bathroom? Like you don't need to ask like questions. The three things that he that he uh, that he learned was like uh, that you're supposed to." Um, uh, like which direction you're supposed to be facing, which hand are you supposed to do to wipe yourself afterwards. So he didn't need to ask like which hand you're supposed to wipe yourself. He could have just said, ask the rabbi, like what are you supposed to do in the bathroom and see what happens. So, um, the as we just said, Rabshu and Azeh was, Inyan was to do every single entire mitzvah with the ultimate amount of running and, uh, and excitement and, and to do it in the best possible way. So since there is no Psaq which is better than Nasirav, it wasn't enough for him to ask his rabbi. Yeah, maybe he could have asked his rabbi. So it wasn't a matter of he was embarrassed, or he was scared of his rabbi, he wouldn't answer his Rebbe It has nothing to do with that. He could have Taka asked. But he didn't because he wanted the Masirav because it was a mailah in seeing what was going on that he She also held this union of Afshatarayi, but nonetheless, it would have been enough to ask your Rebbe about the halachas which are shayach, the basic and not to be mazed upon it ben the We see, according to Yehuda, he held that the way that Ben Azay conducted himself was in union of Chutzpah. So we see now we're going to prove that according to Behuda, um... Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna see how Ben Azai doesn't even when there's an opportunity of learning it Keksavai he doesn't learn it Dvar Keksavai he daftly learns the What's the story over there? So the Gemara is discussing. it actually says in the Gemara that according to Shitas Rabi Yehuda there's an een of what's called Smuchim or a Hekish. Basically, is that when you have two psukim which are next to each other in the Torah, you learn certain halachas from them. Meaning, is even if you have two Pesukim, which, <laughs> when you look at them, it doesn't seem like there's any connection. There's two totally different halachas. But this itself, if they're next to each other, that means you're supposed to learn halachas from it. Um, so, Yehuda does not hold of that concept, except in Chumash Tavaram, except the Mishnah Torah. And the reason why he holds about it in, uh, in uh, Mishnah Torah, the Ritva explains, is because since in Mishnah Torah it's the second time these halachas are mentioned, so the question is, why did Moyesh Rabbeinu put the order of how these halachas are? recorded in a different way than how they originally mentioned earlier on in the Torah. Meaning is, when it was a first recorder, it was recorded in a particular way, and then you change it. So if you're changing it, obviously there must be a reason. So even Mehuda agrees that you learned smuchim in Mishnah Torah. But in the rest of the Torah, he does not hold it in the meaning of smuchim. But Manazai does. And what's the example? So we know by witchcraft, it says, it says you're not allowed to allow a to live. But we don't know what type of misa you're supposed to give her. Does she get chanek? Does she get harag? Do you stone her? So Ben says the next Pasik tells us that if you live with behema, if you lie with behema, mois yumas, which mois yumas means skila, right? Because someone who sleeps with behema is with skila, So since machsheva is put next to behema, sleeping with behema, which is with skila, so we see from the inyan that they're smuchim, that they're also with skila. So Amr Lebi Yehuda, Vechibnei Shasam Koi Inyan Skila, just because they smuchim, the Mois Rabenu in is telling us all the allachas. Rosh says, many, many alachas. So because it mentions one alacha next to the next alacha, you're going to say, obviously, it's with What's the connection? Machshefa and sleeping with the behemah have no connection. Like a machshefa, this is not an animal you kill, but skila. like why would you say, like what's the logical connection? that Because this one's with skila that machshefa shall also get skila? Fine, they're next to each other, but because they're next to each other, they you're going to give one skila. No, that's, that doesn't make any sense. He doesn't hold to this union of smuchim. Allah how does he know that ma khshifat he says aybidan ma khlaw ma khshif ma khshif wallah min ya lakastam limlha ma aybidan miskin ma khshif biskil he says the reason how he know it is because aybidan you know different types of witchcraft ayb i think is a necromancy that they you know would speak to the like a they take the skull of a dead uh, person a uh, dead body put it on the armpit and ask questions to it and um, they, they, so it was like asking the spirit in a sense it's in the future. Yudaini was a type of bone from a bird that was called Yudaini, And they would swallow it and it would tell them the future. It's different types of witchcraft. And by Yudaini, it says clearly it's Petzkila. So we have a rule, we say this in Davning, that anything which was part of a klal, and then it leaves the klal, doesn't just come to teach about itself, but comes to teach about the entire klal. Meaning is, these things were part of the klal of Machshefa, and we know Machshefa is loisechaya. Right? So why do we have Oiv And then it comes and tells us, Oiv specifically, it's Baskila. So the rule is, since Oiv was part of the Klaa Machshefa, and it left the call to tell you a detail about it, meaning is that it's Beskila, so the rule is, it doesn't just come to teach about Oiv it, it comes to teach about the entire Klaa, that any type of Machshefa also gets Beskila. So, V'tam Machakosem Yeh Ben Dersh some who in a parsha bakhlousa bakhlula mazat aniskila and i holds that we hold it you know smuchim in the entire khayara um that the parsha bakhlousa you you connect the parsha in in its bakhlous and um and until you're able to learn even the punishment of skila from it uh, just because they're next to each other. Therefore, you're gonna punish this one with Rather, he learns the dim Rather, he learns it with one of the yud With one of the, the yud is considered a mikra That's how Rashi explains over there. Yud is not just a, a logical type of uh, assumption. It's basically how the psukim. It's part of how the psukim are read. That's how we learn it. Varm kitzab, meaning is when we say how the psukim are read, the yugliyim and midas are literally how you're supposed to read the psukim. That there's a klal and then there's pratim about it. So you have a klal about machsheva. Then it gives you details about uh, about the machsheva. You know, when it talks about the oyv which are different types of machshevas. So machsheva, we know you can't live. I. What type of death are you supposed to give her? We don't know. So we look at daini which is a prat, which is a type of witchcraft. It tells you it's skila. So we understand from that that that's what's also supposed to be by the entire claw. Logical. But the Inyarim Smuchim is not necessarily, um, it's not considered as if it's written in there. Zaim. rashi. arz dam ki dam hu nefesh nsas <laughs> So what's the reasoning of the Isharah of blood? So the Pasik tells us the reasoning, because the dam is the nefesh. So before I should explain that you're allowed to eat the flesh of the animal, let's say, uh, but you're not allowed to eat the blood. What's the difference? He says, because, I mean, all of it has a nefesh within it, right? He says, a dam who a nefesh. Doesn't also, the meat, have, the, the meat uh, is also, was at one point alive and had life within it the difference is, the Basar had life within it. Meaning is that you had the nef- the blood, to give you a little background, how um, it's explained in the Chassidus at least, the, the blood is the the, the, the neshama, the nefsh is actually within the blood itself. So the blood in the Torah is called dam hu'a nefesh, is that the dam is actually called the nefesh itself, because the, the neshama is within uh, the blood. the and, and from the blood and the neshama, which was within it, that's where the life comes to the rest of the body. So the blood itself has the neshama within it, and the basar gets its life force really from the blood. Okay, so technically, if you're, let's say, drinking blood, you're also really drinking the nefesh, which was within that blood. Masha inkin, if you eat the basar, you're not eating the nefesh there's no nefesh in it rather there's a certain life force that came from the blood that went into the busser um which that you're allowed to have because once the animal's dead the 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 nefesh is no longer and even that life force is no longer within um within the meat all right so that's what he says there's a difference between the bus that there was found within it the nefesh, meaning is within the basar is the blood, and within the blood is the nefesh, but with, uh, that's that you're allowed to have. But the blood itself you cannot have, because that the nefesh itself is enclosed within it. We know that whatever you eat becomes part of your flesh and blood. Therefore, you get the same characteristics as the food that you're eating. So, aim is take the when a person eats kosher meat, A, it's just the meat, so it doesn't have the same toykuf of the nefesh and the nature of the hema, because it's not the nefesh itself, it's the life force that came out of the nefesh, which eventually, uh, some of that life force was in the basar. Um... And so also the, the meat itself is chewed and digested, and it changes until it becomes the dam and of the person who's eating it, and who's getting, um, and, and it turns into your basr. So it's changing to become you. But blood, first of all, as we mentioned, has the toikif of the nefesh inside of it. And second of all, you don't need digestion, uh, like the basr does. Through eating it, the Balaam, which is the Nefesh, you become connected to the nature and the soul of that Behema, and you become much more Tisavi, you become much more corporeal, you become much more Gushundik, like the Nefesh Behema itself. Um, look at R46 even the iser of eating blood is once the animal's dead. So the nefesh left because it's dead. But um, Bar Forty Two. So even if you want to say that the nefesh is really its own thing, and the dam is just the clea that's how I explained it before. that the dam is the clea and the nephish is in a sense within the blood. But I guess, other than the Mephorshim Lord and Mork of that the the Nefesh and the Dham is uh, one thing. I guess you can look at R42 to see how the, the other Mephorshim explain it. Shigam la akrit seytsa Nefesh nishodai ruach nefesh behemadam. He says, Even after the Nefesh leaves, there still remains the ruach nefesh in the blood. Aderech mvurm nigeel gufa adam. And also, he says, nonetheless, there's a certain ruach that of the nefesh that remains in the blood, just like by a human being. That we know that after a person dies, there's a certain connection that the nefesh always has with the person. Therefore, there's, you know, all the different alachas about a really have to have, is it, connected to how close and how distant the neshama is, still, how it's still connected to the body. But even by the animals, the same thing. So the basr has a much greater distance from the nefesh, and the blood has a much closer. Uh, connection and therefore even once after the dead, the nefesh still the blood the blood will still have a closer connection to that nefesh. And by eating it is is bad for you, for your your soul. So therefore, it's the understood those who are those who are immersed in eating blood, their midos of the nefsh bahamas is much more like the tava of a nefesh of a of a and he writes in a 46-star, that right? even has an effect the Nefesh of that even has an effect on the Nefesh of the Purushim So that was really how the other Purushim are learning the issue with blood. How does this connect to Rashi? He says, because these are the two Purushim of Rashi. First of all, he brings that they were in, they were habituated with eating blood. Therefore, I need to say sechazak, meaning is this is a command on the general idea of being mechazek and fixing and being mevarri the mitis tivim shel nefesh bahamas. Meaning is that the Rashi is saying, like the alam of fortune. That's his first thing: is that you need to be strong, you need to focus on fixing and developing your mitis and elevating your even your natural midas of the nefesh ha-bahamas to make them more in line with the nefesh lekis to make them more holier. It appears that Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Meloshin Hapam Midas Hashem. Rabbi Yehuda says it. Buddha means to thank and to admit to Hashem, to praise Hashem. This is the idea of thanking and in a sense recognizing being this battle to Hashem. And the void of Bittl and Bira of the medrake Sachi We're saying that the level of Bittl, when you have to mean B'vatl something, is when it's different than who you are. Right? So when we're ta- so we're who's saying that you have to even zabal yourself. We're not talking about the natural kiss, which is naturally inclined to Hashem. Rather, we're talking about the Bahamas, which wants, you know, the not godly things. Therefore, there needs this the idea of bitl, this idea of the skafia to nullify what the natural tendencies are, and rather to bring in an union of bitl, and to make it more holy. This was the second level, right? He was on a level of running. That All of his desire was always to go upwards. And similarly, in his learning of Tyra, his whole nephesh desired Tyra. As we mentioned earlier, he didn't even want to get married because his nephesh had such a great desire for Tyra. Therefore, every union of Tarimitzis, he did a way of running and with great strength. So when he says the pasuk coming, it's not coming to tell you the union of But Shimon Aze was above that level, right? Because he was not in a level that he needed to battle, no. His whole desire was already to come closer to Hashem. Rather, he's saying the passage teaching you to run and to work even more, to come closer and closer and to strengthen yourself. Um, and means to make yourself shine with Torah It's not coming to Mavar and to change the Midas Rather, it's to cause you to shine and for you to be careful and to be strong in mitzvah. Meaning is, a person needs, has comes the idea of shining, meaning a person needs to strengthen himself and to elevate himself and to cause his nefesh to light up with the oraliki, which is in the Indian of Mitzvah. So, So, And this is exactly what Rabbi is trying to tell you. That if something that is easy to guard from, meaning is that even your nefesh v'hamis does not want it and has no desire from it, it's naturally separated from it. But nonetheless, we're telling you that even something that you don't need bittel for, this is his proof, you don't need Bittl to not want blood. But nonetheless, the Torah is telling you to be Zohir, to be Machazik in it. What's the idea? He's saying because even if your Nefesh doesn't want it, nonetheless, there's a more, another union which, uh, which, which, is, which is important, is to make the Nefesh of Muhammad shine. So the natural tendency to have, to have blood is Einzach. but then there's a deeper level is that the Netzvahamis needs to be to, to shine. So you're going to take this inion you know, of not eating blood to a whole much greater, deeper level uh, on a much more ruchny sticker level, um, where, right? Which is to be oila much meaning is there's a certain amount of not being involved in blood, which is the ed, the Mida of your the Tavah but then you Need to also be elevate yourself to an oral key to become like a godly type of midah. Um, and which he does not explain what this means, al pi but um, many other places it does explain what it means. The idea of, of blood, which the blood is always the idea of passion and warmth, and the idea of, of blood is being passionate about Torah mitzvahs and um. You know, look in other places in the Hasidic if we were discussing it. But anyway, that's the idea. So the Ka'va Chayim for other mitzvahs that a person does have a ta'iva for them. So for sure, for all these other things, a person has to be schazik and to be, uh, elevate himself, to be completely separated, for sure from the, from the Gashmistika part of it, but even more than that, it causes Nefesh to light up with the Oral Ki to really become higher and more exalted and totally above uh, this world.